The following audio is from Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where our mission is to follow Christ and His mission of loving people, places, and things to life. For more information about Christ Presbyterian Church, please visit ChristPres.org. Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Luke 18, 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. JT, thank you. Mac, thank you for the... uh, the uh, chips. Debbie's here. We're going to Cinco de Mayo, and I will be on uh, in timeout when we get the guacamole. But uh, you know, I looked at this bag and I thought, I, it, because it's been up here for a little bit, and I thought, now what on earth is it? Is it? And I finally realized it's greasy. That means there's chips in here, and I'm colorblind, but I assume this was the guacamole. So. Um, you guys, let me say first, I really enjoyed being with you last week. Uh, as I said to people, um, as, I, as I said to people, um, we've, we've, we have a long history here with a lot of people. And um, I've worked here many years ago. And my wife works at CPA, and she's here, and I'm thankful. Um, the Lord's going to see you through what you're going through. And he's not going to waste it. He won't waste it. And I want to urge you, stick with it. Stick with it. And I was really encouraged by your leaders last week. Um, you know, I think you've got great leaders who want to serve and love you well. And that makes all the difference in the world. So, um, I like this passage for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons I like it is because it talks about prayer and not to give up praying. Now, I'm, you know, like I'm a professional prayer. I'm supposed to know how to pray. I get paid to pray. Every, every family picnic, guess who's asked to pray? Well, you can imagine how this works. And, but I struggle with prayer, so I, I don't know if you struggle with prayer, but I really appreciate this because when Jesus says, uh, why should we, or, or when he says, uh, keep praying and never give up praying, it, it really speaks to me because I, I want to be a person who's in continual communication with the Lord. And so it struck me as I was looking at this passage, why do you think Jesus said never give up on prayer? What, what might be, think, think of a few things, what might be um, the, the main reason we shouldn't give up on prayer? And of course, 
I think, I think the main reason is we're going to be tempted to give up on prayer. And quite frankly, if I'm tempted to give up on prayer, you know what I really am. I'm tempted to give up on God. Because prayer is nothing more than a conversational relationship uh, with the living God. And so I think if you struggle with prayer like I do, there have been times in my life where where I've really been tempted to give up on God. Now, I think in this context here, Jesus is particularly uh, talking about the fact that he's going to leave them, he's going to come again, but in that in-between time, you guys, he's, he, he's gonna, uh, there's going to be suffering for his followers, and particularly persecution. And so as we look at this passage, I want to think through with you when we go through persecution, when we go through suffering, and, and, and we will, we will, we'll talk about that in just a minute. When we go through these kinds of things, when life really gets hard, are, are we going to be tempted to give up on prayer or are we going to press into prayer and really seek the Lord? So let me say this, a couple of things. First, the lesson is simply this. So the parable goes like this. You've got a, a, an unjust judge. He's powerful. He's callous. You have a widow who is vulnerable and in need. So that's the parable. She keeps coming to him to ask for justice. She needs something that's wrong to be made right. He doesn't want to listen to her. So she continues to come. She pesters him, if you will. And then what ends up happening is for his own personal comfort, he doesn't change his mind and suddenly become compassionate. No, he's still as self-centered as Tim told us we really all are. And he simply gives her what she wants because he's, she's wearing him out and, and he just wants peace and quiet. You know, I thought about that. When I was 15 years old, my mother was completely unjust and she was not going to let me get my driver's license when I turned 16. Now, if you knew me when I was 15 years old, you would realize why she was not going to let me get my driver's license when I was 16. But I felt like it was a profound injustice, and I wore her out for weeks and weeks and weeks. And do you know what eventually happened? I got my driver's license the day I turned 16. I'm not really proud of that. But I did think about the fact that, you know, this woman who is being treated unjustly really does pester this judge, and he finally gives in. Now, what's also interesting is this. Notice what Jesus does. He says, how much more will God or will not God give justice to his elect? So God is not like the unjust judge. You don't have to pester God. You know, I've heard people say, and listen, don't feel put down by this, but I've, I've heard phrases that like, we've got to storm the gates of heaven. Man, when we, you don't have to storm the gates of heaven. I mean, you can if you want to, I guess, but the gates of heaven are not locked. They don't need to be stormed. We approach a throne of grace with confidence. 
And so you can see the invitation for prayer is come as you really are to ask for what you really want. Does that make sense? Come as you really are to ask for what you really want. And I really, I really like that. Now, notice Jesus says, will not God give justice to his elect? In other words, the people he loves. You parents in here. Don't you want to give your children what they ask for generally? And if they're asking for the wrong thing or asking for something that's less than, will you not always give them something better? Because that's what it means to be a parent. It means to love a child more than that child will ever know. Ever And so Jesus says, God is not like this unjust judge. And in fact, he'll give justice speedily. Now I want to say something here. That's the lesson. So here's the choice. And if you guys don't hear me say anything else, I want you to listen to me clearly. Those of you in the room who are not Christians, I want you to listen to me clearly too. So listen clearly. You've got a choice and so do I. And it profoundly affects our prayer life. And the choice is this. See my glasses? I see the world through these lenses. Do you see? In other words, if you took these from me right now, we'd need to wrap up because I can't see my notes. But I see the world through the lenses that I wear. So... You've got a choice. Here's the choice. There are two. You can determine the character of God based on looking through the lenses of your circumstances. Do you follow me? Does that make sense? Let me say it again because this is really key. You've got a choice. You can determine the character of God based on looking through the lenses of your circumstances. So, for example, if you deem that God didn't come through for you in your circumstances, that's going to shape your understanding of the character of God. Does that make sense? Now, the other choice is simply this. You can... Look at your circumstances. You can look at your circumstances through the lens of the character of God that's revealed to you in God's Word. Okay, make sure we, we need to get this, or the rest of it's not going to make sense. You can look at your circumstances and understand your circumstances through the lens of the character of God that's revealed in His Word. Now, why is this important to those of you who are not Christians? Let me tell you, you well know, too, life is hard. And every world religion has got to explain the difficulties of life. They've got to explain evil. Secular humanism has got to explain the existence of tragedies. And if you haven't seen Sound of Freedom, you need to go see it. Because it'll trouble you to the core. And those things happen. 
And so every world religion offers you a lens that you can interpret your circumstances through. And I simply want to say to you, those of you who are not Christians, I have found personally that the lens of Christianity makes the most sense of my experience. And if you want to talk about that, I'd love to visit with you about that. It'll take a much more significant conversation, but I'm in if you are. So that's the choice. You can determine the character of God based on the lens of looking through your circumstances, or you can understand your circumstances looking through the lens of the character of God as it's revealed in the Bible. Now, I want to chase the second one for a few minutes. So let's talk about the character of God. How does God reveal himself most clearly in his character? How does he reveal himself? Well, through his past actions. And the greatest action is, of course, if you'll look with me, look at the cross. Now, I want to tell you something. You guys, it doesn't matter where the cross is in this sanctuary. It doesn't matter if it's here or I think there's a cross there or in the back. Wherever the cross is, it's in the middle. Because for Christianity, the cross is the central revelation of the character of God. If you want to know what God is like, look into the face of Jesus because he is God in the flesh. It's absolutely amazing. You guys, I'll never forget. I don't know how you feel about this, and I struggle to tell. I, let me just tell you this. I was in Amsterdam in 86, and I saw the Jesus film. It was Campus Crusade, crew now, their uh, evangelistic film, word for word, the Gospel of Luke. Can I tell you guys the, the portrayal of Jesus? I cried my guts out. I just cried and cried and cried, and I had no clue why. I've cried watching The Chosen. Now, I understand there's issues here and there, but I've got to tell you guys, if you, if you really look at the, the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, you see a revelation of the character of God. And it can be absolutely transformational. So what do we know about the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, a couple of verses. Let me say this. Here it is. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish but instead have forever life. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, here's, listen to this. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, Will he not also along with Jesus graciously give us all things? What's he saying here? You know what the Apostle Paul is saying here? This is mind-blowing to me. That God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Now, can I tell you something? I don't believe that. I don't see how I can believe that. But what the gospel says is that the Father loves you as much as he loves his own son. Because he was willing to give his son to have you. That blows me away. 
Now, I'll tell you one thing why it's, that's so important to understand. Everybody is looking for love. Mac, I forgot that George Strait was coming Friday night. But it made me think, um, you guys, I, I, I know I'm a bit of a dinosaur, but I heard the Morgan Wallen song for the first time last night. That's the name of the song. So if you, uh, if you wrote it, that's quite a song. You may have written it. I don't know. Somebody in here may have written it. I, uh, and listen, this is not a recommendation of the song. There's some, there's some issues with it, I'm sure. But listen to these lyrics because it says something. It speaks to the core of all of us. Listen to this. Last night, we let the liquor talk. We'll pass that by. I can't remember. I, yeah, listen. Yeah. I have to laugh about that because I used to do that in college. Uh, I let the liquor talk because, and let me tell you why, I thought about this. I didn't like myself. I didn't like myself, and I like my drunk self more than I like my supper self. So these kinds of things touch me at the core. Listen to this. Last night we let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything we said, but we said it all. You told me that you wish I was somebody you never met, but baby, baby. Every song has baby, baby in it somehow, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but baby, baby, something's telling me this ain't, listen to this, something's telling me this ain't over yet. No way it was our last night. Now let me tell you, that is talking about a love that never fails. And every single person in this room longs for that. And only the love of God in the person and work of Jesus Christ never fails. And Jesus laid down his life willingly to have you, which says boldly that Jesus loves you as much as he loves his own father. And personally for me, you guys, I'm spending the rest of my Christian life trying to believe that. that I'm loved that much. And I want to invite you to do that. Now, why is that so hard? Well, I can tell you, because life is hard. It really is, and there's going to be sufferings for Christians. Many, maybe in the room, you're in a, a suffering now or have gone through past suffering. I lost my father at a very young age and went through all kinds of suffering as a result of that. And so uh, I'm sure there's a lot of suffering. And if let me just tell you something about suffering. You're either headed into it, you're in the midst of it, or you're looking back and there's going to be more because this world is not all there is, and yet we have an adversary, and this world is a battlefield, and therefore there's going to be suffering. Now I want to break it down into two categories. There's going to be persecution because I think Jesus is talking about persecution here. I think it is secondary reference to personal suffering. So let's talk about uh, persecution for just a minute, okay? Um, I think of John the Baptist. 
I want you to listen to this. John the Baptist, um, he recognized the Lord Jesus. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he recognizes Jesus. They go through ministry together, and all of a sudden, John the Baptist says something to one of the political leaders, Herod, about an immoral relationship that Herod had with the wife he took. Well, guess who ended up in prison? Because of his morality, his stand for morality. John the Baptist ended up in prison. And it was so difficult that he sent some of his followers to Jesus to say to Jesus, Jesus, did I have it wrong? Were you the one we were to expect? Or should we look for somebody else? In other words, I'm going through H-E-double-L here. I didn't think it was going to be like this. And Jesus says, he, he sent the guys back to John and he said, he said, tell John what you see here, all the incredible miracles, the crowds, just the incredible love. Tell John, yes, you've got it right. And then you know what happens to John? Some other fool party, and he gets his head chopped off. That's persecution because he stood up for the truth. Understand CPA is reading what I have found to be an excellent book. Live no lies. I want to speak to every one of you in the room who are younger, and I'm going to define younger. I'm not going to define younger. If you're younger, you're younger. I just realized I'm going to do a lot of trouble. (laughs) If you're 80 or younger, if you're 80 or older, you're in the middle age. No. Y'all, my generation's marginalized. Your generation could be criminalized. And I think we're already seeing that. There's going to be persecution. And the question is, will God be faithful? Well, the only way we know if God's going to be faithful when circumstances are extremely difficult, like John the Baptist, like what we see. Listen, the persecution's coming in this country, but there's persecution all over the world. People are losing their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ all over the world. Just go to the Voice of the Martyrs website and you'll see that. And so the question is, will God be faithful even in the midst of that? And the way we know God will be faithful is what he's willing to give up to have us and to see us through. And he gave his only son. And I've got to believe when John the Baptist was at the lowest point, he didn't know he was going to suddenly be killed, but I have to believe that God ushered him home. I really do. I think God will see us through persecution. What about suffering? Now, that might be more personal and more prevalent at this point in our lives. I think of, of, of tragedy and disappointment. Let me ask you a question, just a simple question. Has your life turned out the way you've wanted it to? You know, as you get older, and it's interesting, as I get older, I have to ask myself that question. I had no clue how my life would turn out. It's been, I tell people it's been quite a ride. But all of us have had sufferings and uh, disappointments. Hard things happen. And so how do we really, how do we really face that? Well, 
the only thing I know to tell you is this, and that's what the Bible says. And the Bible says this. We have got to look at our circumstances through the lens of the character of God. And we've got to believe that God loves us and will see us through. And that's all I got for you. That's it. It's the character of God. Will he be faithful to you? Now, I'll tell you just a few things. Notice the word speedily here. I'm sitting here thinking, so God will show up speedily. Well, can I just tell you something? The answer to that question is, is God's speed is never my speed. Have you all, uh, have you noticed that? My speed is you're late. (laughs) But his speed is I won't waste whatever you're waiting on. Because when you're waiting, God's working. And you can always know that. Because God doesn't wait. He works. Now, how do we pray in the midst of things that are extremely difficult? Well, let's talk about it for just a few minutes. First, we approach a throne of grace with confidence in a loving God who loves you always working for your ultimate good. He's not grumpy or unwilling or selfish like this unjust judge. He's not like that. He wants you to come to him always. And you guys, I used to think you got to sort of get the, get the, get the uh, wording right. You know, I'd listen to these great preachers, and I've heard some great preachers, and they, incredible poetic language when they're praying. And I could never really get that out. My most, can I share with you, you may want to write this down. Here's my most effective prayer. Are you ready? Doug, you're not reaching for your pen. (laughs) You don't need to. You can memorize this. Are you ready? Help. Help. I pray that a lot. And God wants us to talk to him candidly. I'll never forget you guys when I first read the Psalms in the message paraphrase. This is Psalm 77 from the message paraphrase. Listen to this. I yell out to my God. I yell with all my might. I yell at the top of my lungs, he listens. I found myself in trouble and went looking for my Lord. Will the Lord walk off and leave us for good? Will he never smile again? Is his love worn threadbare? Has his salvation promise burned out? Has God forgotten his manners? Has he angrily stomped off and left us? This is the part one I like. Just my luck, I said. The high God retires just the moment I need him. I thought, That's it. that is hysterical, and I feel exactly like that sometimes. You guys, the Psalms are permission to be yourself with God. Do we not all come here with our Sunday best on? Don't come here with your Sunday best on. Come here. See, the beauty of the cross is this. Look at the cross with me again. Here's the beauty of the cross. Those of you who are not Christians, a summary of the gospel. The beauty of the cross is, I really am that bad. This is what I deserve. 
I can be myself. Not glory in my sin, but I can be honest. Are you like me? I spend most of my energy trying to pre- I spend much of my energy trying to pretend to be something I'm not so you'll like that person. But what the cross says is that's who I really am. But the cross also says that's how much I'm really loved. And you know why? I didn't hang there. Jesus did. And he went ahead of me through the most terrifying valley everybody will go through, and that's death. And he went there to make sure it's just a transition. That's pretty incredible love. So what do we do? Well, we pray Scripture. You know, when I get locked down, I pray Scripture. I really do. You guys, I was reading Psalm 18 a couple of days ago. Listen to what uh, the psalmist said. Lord, you rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. Well, my first thought was, I'm proud. I'm I'm prideful. I really am prideful. Lord, are you going to humiliate me? Please, I repent, I repent, I repent. You know what the Lord said? It was really cool. That's humility. See, the humble aren't perfect. They're repentant. He rescues people who repent of their sins. Do you see? Isn't that awesome? So pray scripture. Pray your deepest desires. You guys, there are a lot of desires in this room. And a lot of us will tend, instead of acknowledge those desires, if you're like me, I try to medicate them. Pray your deepest desires, but here's the deal. Surrender the outcome. Surrender the outcome. And then how about this? Pray your deepest uh, disappointments. Here's what I've found, and I've lived a long time, so I feel like I can say this to you about disappointments. I do talk to the Lord about my disappointments, and many times I don't get explanations, but I do receive comfort. And then lastly, when you can't pray, when you just can't do it, do you have some people who will take you up on the roof, dig a hole in the ceiling, and lower you down in front of Jesus? Do you have some people that will do that when you're paralyzed and you're on the mat, lower you in front of Jesus? We all need that. We really, really do. Now, let me close with this. And this is, I think, well, really the most important thing I could say. And I'll close by saying this. Did, did any of you guys see the Cinderella movie, 2016? We're talking about with Lily James and the guy with the blue eyes. 
I mean, were those the bluest eyes you've ever seen in your life? They were contacts, I guarantee you. So if you're laughing, I guess you saw the 2006. Did you see it? If you haven't seen it today, tonight, go see it. It's so great. And do you know why? They lived happily ever after. <laughs> they did. Did you say happily ever after? It did, it, 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 it did. And you know what's so wonderful about that movie? It's true. We're going to live happily ever after in Jesus. Everything you don't understand now, you will then. And it will make sense. And between now and then, you are loved more than you could ever dream. Thank you, Jesus, for time together. Oh, it's a, it, is, it is a joy to be with you. And Lord Jesus, I know the heart of the, this congregation is that we would really experience you. And so I pray, would you right now pour out your spirit into our hearts that we could experience you loving us right at this moment? And as we take this meal and we're reminded of how much you love us, fill us up with the joy of the Lord for our strength for this life. We pray in Jesus' name.